0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Nazyati Muhammad Yaakob, your host for Talk Architecture Podcast. So um, today, um, I will be reacting to the bigger picture when it comes to design with empathy. Um, I will take the stance of the activists and what is needed to be done. Um, I'm referring to two references. The recent one is the um, Estroawani.com news in Malaysia, where the person with disabilities issue a quote by the Senator Ross Adiba, uh, where architects must design with empathy. And I also would like to uh, refer to uh, Crip Camp, the movie. Um, if you haven't seen it already, um, you, sh- you would love to see it. And um, it's highly recommended. And um, it's available on YouTube. And we did a watch party um, with Bole Space. And we thank you Bole Space for that. And we had like a discussion after the documentary was finished. So with regard to both of these references and the issue of um, the role of the architect when um, designing for public, when designing at all, apart from the private houses, which is, of course... um, it's up to the owner whether they want to make it as accessible as they want to. Is their own homes. But apart, apart from private dwellings, we look at buildings that are open to the public and for public use. There are many types of buildings of this sort. And even common property in uh, apartments or condominiums um, needed to be uh, accessible to all when they purchase the individual units, obviously. So we go back to this design with empathy and a comment made by a colleague uh, regarding um, that, the comment made by, uh, um, by the Astro Awani article and in lieu of this movie on the crip camp, and the Civil Rights Movement and the disability International Disabled Persons Movement that came out of this uh, movement starting in the nineteen uh, late 1960s. Uh, they were fighting for Section 504 in the U.S. to be mandated. And after that, um, the activists managed to get the American Disability Act to be uh, enacted. And um, comparing what's happening in Malaysia, because we're looking at Astro Awani article that is talking about the situation that's happening in Malaysia and the role of the architect. What can the architect do? The architect cannot do much because the architect is a servant to the de- developer or to the client. When, when you think about the architect in Malaysia, uh, you read the Architects Act, nothing. There is only one paragraph that mentioned that the architect has to serve society. Have to, but there's nothing specific on inclusivity or universal design in the Architects Act. Much of the Architects Act to do with contract, to dealing with professional practice, the laws and regulations. There are laws and regulations um, concerning. Um, buildings and construction and development in the country and we know of the Uniform Building Bylaw 34A and other numbers, depending on the state government, yeah, when it enacted it and what numbers they gave but usually we call it UBBL 34A Uniform Building Bylaw under the Streets Drainage and Building Act so we have here an act that is similar to the American 504 where Buildings uh, 504 then in the late 60s and early 70s was under the Rehabilitation Act in America. And um, it's about the duty of anyone receiving government funds, they need to make it accessible, usually hospitals, schools, and um, all the community facilities in the united states so that wasn't enough because the encrypt camp the movie we see the activists um said that that's not enough because um there's also the transportation buildings and they still have that problem in america by the way um maybe in subways were not accessible Uh, i read that before recently so it is still an ongoing effort but um the, the there is lack of uh, demonstration now because much of it is in the legislation in the American Disability Act and is very thorough in terms of each person's duty and also they've included um, each person I mean each person, each entity, government and public so private sector also need to make their buildings accessible so America has done it in a way that is very comprehensive. And architects whom I had um, acquainted with in Facebook chat groups, for example, um, kept on repeating that they have to follow the code of the state government and uh, ADA. Um, and it's, it's nothing to be compromised. You know, it's, it's nothing to be like, you have to follow the law. You know, you don't ask that there should be a compromise anywhere. So in the Malaysian situation, we are asking, based on the Astro Awani article, we're asking that architects design with empathy. That is just one way. That is just one angle. And even that, there need to be other things to be discussed, like the training of architects, the, um, what do you call it? The, um, continuous professional development of architects to be, to be able to design with empathy. How are you going to get that? How do the architect own the process when they're doing a project, own the process that they're designing for themselves, for the future old um, older selves or for the future disabled self? You know, anyone could be disabled because disability is an evolving concept. So in a way, I'm giving some points here because I was asked that whether this is um, important. Yes, it is important to... Um, for activists to know that they should stress this. The the role of the activists is something else. You have the role of the architect, you you have the professional bodies or the professionals who are involved. This is just, this is not enshrined in the Architects Act that they should do so. So it's an optional thing, really. But there is only the law of UBL 34A. So... There are buildings that are owned by the government and buildings that are owned by private sector. So how how much accessibility or how much has has inclusivity been done to the new builds and also the upgrading of existing buildings? Because UBBL thirty four A does compel um, every uh, development. You know everyone is involved with development to adhere to this law but what we don't have in Malaysia is we don't have the equivalent of American Disability Act. We only have a person with disability act that is an administrative act and it's a consultative act which has a, um, a council that discusses things and they have subcommittees that deal with things but it's not, nothing substantive in terms of uh, getting things done Getting things to be rights-based is still a charity-based. It's still a medical model. There's no social model. There's no rights base that's being in place. And there's no um, way of getting um, the uh, rights of person with disabilities in- included in the uh, development. The development control process, the development, you know, anything to do with develop- uh, built environment, no, there's nothing yet at the moment. So the activists in Malaysia, they have to be clear on that. They have to be clear about accessibility and the importance of accessibility. And um, the architect have to have their role. Because one of the things that was uh, pointed out in the Astro Alwani article is that the architect has to consult this able person. But th- this this conversation, we've been saying that nothing about us without us. But as someone who is architecturally trained and happened to be a disabled person, I can tell you for a fact that the architect, the way the architect design is, is not how people think the, that's how architect design. Architects don't necessarily get instructions from other people and do exactly what other people ask them. They have to own the process. In the case of the best practice that I've come across, in Hong Kong, for example, the Koshan Theater, you don't feel that um, inclusivity or universal design is added into the building, although even it was an adaptive reuse of an old building and there's a new wing. The whole theatre design was to include persons with disabilities at all levels, except repairing the spotlights or climbing the ladders. I mean, the dressing rooms for disabled person, even the um, control area, could be accessible for a person with disabilities in a wheelchair. Uh, so, you know, um, the ramps or the way you enter onto the stage is inclusive for everyone. People go through the ramps together with anyone else. So what I'm trying to say is that how do the architect arrive at this point when they own the process, when they don't think about it as, as I'm designing it for other people, or I'm designing it for minority you know, it costs more or something, you know, how do you actually get them to own? Because they are proud. They do they, they understand that this is the right way to design. It's not like an additional burden, you know. So the role of the architect is that they need to, need to when they design with empathy, it is through their own architectural design process and approaches that they studied in uh, university. So what I would be critical of with regard to the Astro Awani article, is that fight for, for the activists, any activists in Malaysia, fight for education, higher education for the architect and the professional bodies, sorry, uh, in, in and professional, um, the professionals in the built environment. Fight for them to have universal design being taught in schools of architecture or in their curriculum, so that it's second nature to them. That is not an additional subject. Inclusivity uh, is included at the beginning in anthropometrics and economics that you deal with all peoples. How do how do you teach inclusivity in architectural education? That's number one. Number two is a continuous um, CDP, continuous uh, So CPD, Continuous Professional Development, when architects are now practicing and they are renewing their um, licenses, make it a point to make it mandatory for them to learn about universal design in those courses so that they can have their licenses renewed. Number three, all um, projects must include an accessibility plan. Yeah, must include an access plan in order to have fundings, government fundings. I mean, there's so many ways to make this happen. And those are just three points. We can have a discussion on this more. So uh, with regard to those articles and the rights of persons with disability and how we should go forward with regard to this, those points should be what the activists should focus on. The ones that I said um, the last three points, yeah? Education at the beginning, uh, when there are students, and, uh, professional, con- um, uh, continuous professional development, and also in funding of projects, where projects have government funding. You know, that you can really make it, it happen. So with that, I thank you for everyone to listen. And we will talk again on this topic further